a knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Hey everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Dynamite Review Show here on Sunday night's main event. Uh, yeah, still no name, but you can go to the Facebook group. There is a thread because we're asking you, the listeners, our listeners, what the name of this show should be. We're also your hosts, by the way, by the by. I'm Boris and as always I am joined by my main man, Dax. Dax, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Welcome to be back on the podcast. Who uh, who will be remaining if you guys if you want to call it that? <laughs> the podcast with no name and the one that still says the same. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, and never lame <laughs> unless you're tame. <laughs> if I go any farther, I might get X-rated. So I'll just stop exactly. there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just start thinking of Harley Cameron, and it's like I don't know. We, we are so close to getting to that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's interesting. <laughs> I've been so busy today. Like, I haven't stopped since, like, 6 a.m. today. Uh, we are recording literally right after Dynamite right now. It's 10, 15 p.m. Um, like, I finished my dinner as we all connected. Uh, so, yeah, I had a couple meetings. Went into the evening and then straight into Dynamite. And I'm also doing the Slam Report. So, trying to do my notes. And a slam report all at the same time. So, yeah, it was a crazy night. But That is a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. That's why I'm a little, whoo, right now. Like but, that, like I, I tell people, I tell people now that especially, uh, even if I'm not doing what you're doing, like nobody calls me when when uh, Dynamite comes on. Like yeah. I need to keep focus of everything that we talk about. So Right. Exactly. But we'll get to wrestling in a little bit like we always do. Uh, let's, uh, geek out just a little bit before we get to things. Um, here, okay, here's something. So I, I, I did, I, I'm going to bring it up, but I want to do a little mm-hmm. more research about it. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I did the classic just headlines, read the first paragraph, but I was so busy today. So I wasn't able to like do a deep dive, but, uh, you know, uh, this whole sag after, uh, stuff. And with the video game situation yes, or just that's exactly okay. what I wanted the to AI? talk about. Yeah, with the whole AI. Yeah. What's your take? Like what 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 do you know about it right now? I knew that was one of the biggest issues. Um they were experiencing both on both from the movie or acting standpoint or the voice acting standpoint. Um it is an issue because there were in 2023 while they were trying to make sure that that didn't happen in terms of you know, them not utilizing, you know, their voices and, 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 and mannerisms, you know, without consent. There were speculations that they were already doing this. Yeah. And one of which I remember when, um, when Molly and, uh, Amanda's game, the Naruto, uh, ultimate Ninja storm, uh, game that just came out, there were people that were saying there were, um, there were lines that were said in the actual game that Molly claims that she didn't say. There you go. Meaning that possibly, maybe Bandai Namco have already, you know, taken liberties on their own and started changing up lines or whatever like that. I didn't hear these lines on, when I played it for some reason, or I didn't realize it. But you know, it, it you know, it was more than her that said that. You know, I don't remember saying these nines. Now I don't know if somebody just went on 
PC and started changing things up on their own because they could do that too. But it is something that it that is definitely needs to be said. And again, speaking of Molly Flanagan, her and Sean Schimmel, the voice of Goku, somebody did re, uh, a while back did a um, we talked about this, I believe, did a song that had her her and Sean singing a track from the we, from the weekend. Yeah. And they actually sounded damn good doing it. That's crazy. <laughs> but they never sung it. That is crazy. Like it's yeah, it's almost scary where we are with AI and AI. You know, still, almost it is scary. Let's be real. Yeah, okay, yeah. It is scary where we are with AI. And here's the scariest part of it all. We're mm-hmm. we're only in its infancy. Yeah. It, and, and right now, I, I was I, don't, I think I was talking to um one of my clients or whatever like that. We just briefly talked about that. But I, I was like, you know what? I, I don't mind being in this, you know, this term of this, uh, this generation AI right now. I don't want to be in a generation when they fully evolve <laughs> the process. I don't I want to be long gone before that, because I don't know what the hell is going to happen with that. Right. It's, it's I mean, with every crazy. With everything, there's good and there's bad. And it, people, there's a good, there's a, usually like social media, there was a good purpose for it. And then also somebody found ways to use it unethically. And that's, you know, if, we, if we're not mature enough to be able to handle things of that nature, how the hell is this going to work? So, I yeah. mean, that's my biggest issue and, and my biggest fear right now with this whole thing. Yep. It's not it's not AI itself. It's the user. It's the user. And yeah, that's exactly it. But that's how that's how it always is. Right. It, like it, it's the users, the consumer, the us. <laughs> we're we're yeah. the ones who 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 take it a certain direction. Right. So it's 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 scary to see what direction we're taking it into. Uh, I mean, it's right like now. the term that we it's like the, the old term, like the uh, love of money is the root of all evil. But yes, yeah, the root. But we're the nucleus, and we are ones that decide how ethically or unethically we'll use that money. Yep, exactly. and how we let it let us use it. Like, I mean, you can't blame money. Money doesn't breathe. Money doesn't live. Money doesn't conversate. Money is just a tool used to get access. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it, my friend. Yeah, so I'm gonna do a little more reading into that, and we'll see where that goes. We'll talk about that. Oh, there's more to come with that too. Oh, I mean, like uh, uh, again, like. The AI is one of the biggest things, but it's not the biggest thing. They also talking about making sure that they're protected medically because of their voices and how much they um, they use their voice for like they they do the they do these lines for like two to three, four, uh, two to four hours at a, t- at a at like a day or something like nonstop. And each line is probably done like 10 to 15 times. And if you're like a Kyle Abair who does the voice over you. And you know, you say Hadouken so many damn times, or sure you can so many times, or you're he's also the voice of Gohan, so you know, Kamehameha or whatever, like that is coming out of your mouth in video games and anime and all this stuff on a constant basis. You want to be protected because they lose their voices after a while, and yep. they are protected with insurance. Exactly. The flip side of that, you have the voice, and I for, always forget his name, but the voice of Zordon, who or the sorry, the face of Zordon. Who yeah. did what green screen for what five minutes, a day, an yeah. hour, and was paid yeah. for just that time. And that was yeah. it. And look how much yeah. was used throughout the series for what? And look Zordon how was used much for 10, 12 years, something like that. Plus movies, plus plus TV movies. shows, and movies. Yep. And Saban is swimming in a tub of money from that show. Right. 
Heem's a bomb. It, he, he is he like I I, I respect his, his gangster, but like he milked <laughs> the he Super Sentai milked. series. Everyone. Like yeah. he has created a full-fledged just empire. Empire based off of other people's work. OPW. Yeah. And I'm I don't mind him. He buy, he buys the rights to it. He does he his thing. I'm it. just saying. I'm just yeah. It. I'm just saying, like, you know. Pay these folks. That's why the Pink Ranger, she didn't want to go on and do the reunion show because she did she wanted to make sure she was paid um, you know, graciously uh this time around. Cause she they weren't paid as great as they were last time. You know what I mean? I don't blame her. Nope. Oh, I don't blame her whatsoever. It was it's, uh, any, anytime I can see Amy Joe Johnson, I will take it. But And then she didn't know. she move on to like soap operas after that and start getting paid more from yeah. that aspect and other thing and other projects. So yeah, I mean like it's like once they get into a certain level, you expect them to want to get paid a few cents right. to that. Come on. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that that's the world that we live in. All right, let's uh, continue yeah. geeking out. Are you? What are you playing right now? What's 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 on? I am on your back on right now. Uh, this week, I am uh, will be reviewing a really nostalgic anime type of game, Grandizer. You ever heard of that? Which? Grandizer is kind of like um, Messenger Z or Transor Z for that for those who know that name. But Not it's so like it yeah. it's it's an old like they recreated this seventy this this anime from nineteen seventy five and they made a video game from it and it, it's one of those games that is not going to be for everybody but it plays nostalgically like the like the animated series so you're going to have the experience. I don't know if you ever played Tech Romancer. Yeah, on a, on a and the Dreamcast, remember that? Yep. And like games like that, where it had it gave you that like that episodic anime presentation. This does the same thing. It, it's what's so funny about it is that like it even the acting is kind of seventies cheesy. The it's uh, it's from Toy Toy Animation, okay, mind okay. you too. Yeah. So I saw this a while back, and I'm like, I've been meaning to check this out. So I'm checking it out now, and I'm want to give my thorough thoughts on it this Friday on select start when I uh, reviewed that. What's interesting. But otherwise I'm also looking forward to Tekken eight. I'm also looking forward to Prince of Persia. Those are going to be my next lineups uh, coming in in uh, next uh, few weeks. Yeah. I've always been a sucker for both of those uh, series, to be honest, especially Tekken. Yeah. I, I like Tekken. I was always good. At, very good at Tekken. Um, yeah. Very different from street fighter and mortal Kombat. It's yeah, more it of a button masher in my opinion, but uh Yeah. That, Wacky, that, that's, I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? You know, you know what series yeah, I wish they made a game out of? What's that? They may have, but I never saw it. Giant Robo. Oh my god! Right? You didn't do that. You didn't. You did not go there with that one. Can <laughs> I say? I have a top five list. Okay. Giant Robo is on that list. You, you like it's it's Dragon Ball, it's Naruto, Yu Yu Hakusho, um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Giant Robo was just something special about that. It was like it was an OVA series. Yep. It was it was celebrating a whole entire generation of uh of a cartoon studio, but it was like it was in game before it was in games to some extent. Yeah. But it was beautifully animated. It was shit. It was I, I can't. I can't picture why this. It was so awesome, but it was. It was just incredible. I I wish they would have made a game for that too. Right? Uh, like that, like just... uh, like Cyber uh, Connect Two would make an awesome giant Robo game. 
Yeah. Which is the guys who does all the Naruto and Ultimate Ninja Storm and, and Dragon Ball Kakarot and all that. Mm-hmm. They would kill that game. <laughs> that game would be so much fun. I'm a sucker for mechs. I'm a sucker for mechs anything, right? Like, so giving us that old school mech, you know, yeah. pre. But that's what Grandizer is, by the way. Grandizer is that it is very old school. Like I said, it's from 1975. So you can imagine how that it, you go look it up when you get a chance. It's like it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Um, and it, it's but it's also because it was 1970s. The the the, uh, the dialogue and lines are so funny because they're so cheesy. <laughs> but they, they did a great job mimicking that style. But yeah, it'll be up your alley. If you like that old school mech style, like I'm more of a Gundam type of dude or even like I'm Transformers and Gundam, mostly because I love the character, the uh, mech designs of that. And then slightly to Slightly to uh, Robotech. Yeah. See, I'm more impartial to Robotech, Macross, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Just because that's I I had more access to that. Um, yeah. Gundam. Plus, it was close to so proper as we could get. Yeah. When I started <laughs> watching anime, like, like really started watching anime back in, like, mid-90s. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we had the fan subs and things like that. Gundam, I always found way too boring. Way too boring. Politically, until, yeah. Politically, it was, but it's a but the, Warren the yeah. Pocket, the OVA, and Gundam yeah. W and X. Those I was about really to say it for me. What, what it comes down to is that what's great about Gundam is that there's a Gundam for everyone. Yeah, there's like I don't like them all either, but G Gundam, which is like a Street Fighter, you know, uh, you know, series version of it. Like they have you ever watched that one? Yeah. Oh, that's my all time. Like that and Gundam Wing are like my two favorites. I can't like go for everyone else but that. But like G Gundam was like it's street. I love fighting games. This was a Street Fighter style Gundam type of battle where they all represent different um, colonies and other stuff and they fight to battle each other. I thought it was dope. And then Gundam Wing was like those kids were no joke. (laughs) Yeah. Like Hiro Yui, you do not mess with that kid. Dude, the, the last line of the first episode. I will kill you. Like, to me, that is, like, one of the most epic ways to end an episode and a pilot episode. And, dude, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Takahito, is it? The dude that does yes. the awesome mask. Like, yes. come on. Come on. These kids were not to be messed with at all. I'm like, I'm, okay, I'm in. <laughs> right? And the, Gundam, and the Gundam designs were just beautiful. Oh, they really were. Those ones were absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, I actually I, have one of them uh, um, in my office here too. Nice, a Bandai Namco model. Oh, very nice. I need my brother has like a a two foot beautiful, beautiful Gundam. I don't even know which. Actually, it's um, <sighs> which one is it? It is the Bandai Spirits one, like the. Okay. Yeah, the RX seventy eight, like you know the the typical Gundam, right? Like with you know what the ones I actually hate though. I hate mm. the, I hate building models. Really? I am not a fan. Reason being is because it's so hollow. Like I like I like if I put them together and it's like actually it's plastic. So I feel like especially because uh, the one I brought I brought um, Gundam Wing uh, Hito's uh, Gundam at one point, but I didn't realize it was like you got to put it together. Mm-hmm. So I put it together, but when I put it together, it was just like so light and delicate and, and fragile. I'm like, I'm not a fan of that. Um, and then I got to paint some things over. It's like, tedious. like it's, I get people are like, 
there are people who, who who like doing models like that. I got a couple of people I know that um, that puts together those models. But I like I like to know that it, it's it's some weight to that. Yeah. And it's not going to break if it drops. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them are really well done. Some of them not done. The Evangelion ones were so well done. Oh. My brother uh, bought, collected, built a bunch of them. Unit zero, unit one. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So such good stuff. You know which one I want? It's it's like it's my holy grail of Gundam toys. And to be hundred percent honest, I never really looked for it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the endless waltz one, like with the one with the wings. Ooh, and, the wings. Yeah. Yeah. Double guns and the wings. I would like to believe that I might have had that one. I don't. I, I'm trying to remember if I had that one, but that is to me that's the ultimate. Uh, I know I agree. That is the uh, to me that's the holy grail of them all. It's like Rick, like Hunters. the movie. It's the movie itself was just seeing him spread the wing. I'm like, dude, how much more of a flex can you get <laughs> when you got a brand new version of the cool one that you already had, and now you got like angel wings? Yeah. Actually, my brother, he lives out in Vancouver now, and he sent me a picture. He went to a model, like a toy store, and they had a bunch yeah. of these build-your-own models, and he actually found a bunch of Macross Plus models. That's very Oof. rare. I've never seen yeah, Macross is. Plus models or toys. Yeah. So. Speaking of which, I've always wanted the Optimus Prime Evangelion version. Have you ever seen that? I have. I have. It is... I was I thought I was about to, I swear to God you was about to say you have it. I was going to I was going to go and get a get a passport. <laughs> Man, I it is it is so hard to get now. It even more even more it's even more expensive to get. Yeah. Cuz I, I mean just to see him with the Nerve logo, ah, uh, and is and he's purple and uh green. Yep. Exactly. It's exactly. awesome. Actually actually do have the only prime that I have is the uh, masterpiece uh Nemesis version. The only prime I, I got have a long time ago, the the original, not the original, but when uh, Gen Two came out, the like the yeah. the second series, the second mm-hmm. run, and then the other one is from Beast Wars, Beast Machine, uh, Beasties, Beast Wars, whatever you want to call it. Okay, Optimus Primal. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I can add on to that. I can rally that, and I might. No, I think I gave it away. But I Megatron. I had you ever you ever did you know that they had a Beast Wars in Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the Leo Prime nice. for a short bit. Actually, no. I what I have right now, I do have a Leo Prime, but it's a third party. I don't know if you know what that is. Like, there's I I got when I started um, with the ACMG Facebook group link in 2013. I was I was privy to this world of third party Transformers. They're done by independent people, mm-hmm. but they're these transformers. I, I'll show you a picture of when I get a chance, but they, they're way more articulate than your normal Hasbro. Even they're, they're even more articulate than, um, than the masterpiece, which those are pretty articulate, but there's some awesome, awesome designs uh, that they have in there. And I brought the Leo prime one, which they do not sell anymore. And it is incredible. I don't need to touch it. <laughs> I have it on my shelf over there. And just let it be. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of toys. Like, my brother, I was able to, like, from our old collection, put together back the Voltron. But, like, mm-hmm. 1980-whatever die-cast toys. He's still yeah. missing some parts, but for the most part, it's there. Did y'all have that situation, too, back in the 80s where, like, you know, they started stopping die-cast metal? Yeah. 
you know, uh, uh, toys because it was supposed to be like lead poison or there was something with that. Yep, there was something. And he had their, they did a huge recall of them. Yeah, aka they probably realized that the toys would never break and you would never have to rebuy them. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, let's be honest. How about that? Let's be honest. That was That's- that was every Voltron that I had. <laughs> yeah. Yep, every every freaking Voltron. I I had some of the cheaper Transformers, like the easy ones that you would just flip. Oh yeah, like, like the little short, the little small cars, yeah. like Cliff Hank, Cliff Jumper, and yeah. Bumblebee. Exactly. I had yeah, those. And now I used to have them too, and I used to buy it on time. Now I upgraded. <laughs> nice. Now I got now I got the masterpiece version that looks exactly like the damn cartoon. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Oh man. Totally. And I got a, and I got my 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 bucket list one is is a uh, hot rod. <laughs> That's which I which rod. I end up getting the yeah which I end up getting the um not only did I get it but I I got the uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive version. I got two of them. <laughs> That's really cool Be- because Amazon screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My headset is literally breaking apart in my ear. I love it. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. And it's also a Target Master version, too, by the way. Really? Nice. Yeah. It, nice. it comes with the Target Master uh, uh, Autobot that turns into a gun. A few years ago, I forget what wh- where I saw this, but I saw it in an Ultra Magnus toy. And I'm like, uh, who would want that? Hey, I still own Ultra Magnus like two. Let me tell you how much of an entrepreneur I am. Why it lets me do what I'm doing today? Because I never, my my mom, rest her soul, has never had to buy me one transformer. Okay, any transformer that I wanted, I would will and deal at school with somebody who had something, including Fortress Maximus, which is like at the time. By the way, I do have Fortress Maximus over there. It's an import first. Fortress Maximus. (laughs) Oh my god, dude! I got. that for i got that for a job uh a job i did years ago <laughs> but um i basically you you're you'll love this it was the most expensive transformer of all time at the time i think it was like roughly like 250 dollars plus tax which in the 80s that was a lot of money that's probably inflated there's probably you know 400 dollars or the price of a you know um of a steam deck or whatever like right now yeah um but how about I traded it off for a broken train set? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I It was the best trade-in I've ever did. It is the legend. I was walking down, going away my home, down a hill, on the way home with this. And I'm like, sure, I'm smaller than I, than I am now, I'm a, you know, because I'm a kid. But I'm walking with this life-size <laughs> Ultra, Mag, Ultra Magnus toy. And it was almost like me doing my buddy, my buddy doll commercial. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Next thing you're gonna a broken. Yeah, yeah. Like how I, how did I talk this person into doing that? Well, one, he was a spoiled brat and he didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. And some reason he, I convinced him to do it. I'm like, dude, you're not getting this back. I just want you to know this is a final <laughs> sale. <laughs> did you ever see in person a USS flag? No, actually. Right. Did that toy ever actually <laughs> really exist? I I was just I I I'm like you I'm like wait is there one in Pants Landing? Nope. <laughs> no, I've never seen never. Yeah, it's like this mythical toy that maybe had existed in the '80s that every kid wanted. 
No, I, you know, I, you know, what's funny. I had the, uh, the old transformer six shot too, that people f- seem to forget. Nice. I had, it was, it was the transformer that turned like into six different things. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. somehow he had a son called quick six and people really didn't remember that when I had to go online and search for this <laughs> to convince people like, this is legit. Like he had a son. That was the storyline. Yeah, my brother's holy grail of toys is always Soundwave, like the G1 Soundwave. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, because I got the one down here, too. Hey. I also got the G1 Shockwave, too, because my brother-in-law owned it, and he never nice. opened it. Wow. Like, yeah, it's still in box. It, it's, I, think the, I think he opened it once. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, it, 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 well, I've never personally seen in person a G1 uh, Megatron, the gun. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've seen those many a times. It, what I didn't see a lot of times they didn't. They were different versions. They didn't have the like the scope attachment to it. Not the scope attachment, but the uh, the silencer. Yeah. Attachment to it, but yeah, they yeah we I've seen those a lot. Where honestly, because it was the eighties, it really wasn't that big of a deal. When you look back at they, those versions, didn't age well. Like the masterpiece versions looks exactly like it, except they don't turn him into guns anymore. He's a tank now. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever collect Masters of the Universe toys? <sighs> sort of, kind of. No, I wasn't really into it. Like, I was really a big Transformers and to some extent a GoBot fan um, just by by default. But I just, I just, I just like the idea that there were so many dimensions to that toy. But then when you get a He-Man or a GI Joe, it's what do you, what do you do with this? That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> There's a rubber band in the middle and, and and a spinal cord that you just you know. And they try to sell it. They try to sell it on the commercials like it was something a big deal. Like you just move them to you twist them to the left and he punches you, and you just you stretch it out like it's just a damn rubber band yeah. on a hook. The toys that I like <laughs> hunted and made my parents buy, my mom buy every single time they mm-hmm. were out. There were two sets of toys, and that's the TMNT uh, toys. Ah, uh, nah, yes. Now those I loved. Yeah, those were awesome. Like even the van, I had like, the van. I, I never had the Technodrome. I wish I got that. Yeah, I had Neither the van. I. I had the van. Uh, and like the life size, they don't make mm-hmm. toys like that anymore. It's like you can actually put the toys in them. And WWE, obviously, WWE have toys. Um. The uh, Castle Grayscale? Yeah. 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 That, that I've had. Actually, Skeletor's Castle, because they had the microphone. Uh, yeah. the day, so I used to love that one because it was like it, it, it distorted your voice and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then remember Mad, was it, was it Mighty Max? And the, so like the male version of Polly Pocket. Oh God, I know what you're talking about, but I have not owned those. Yeah, I, I own those because remember, I, I was I was much younger, right? So that was kind of <laughs> like the, the shit that I own. And then it was Biker Mice from Mars, which I oh owned. that was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love Biker um, Mice from Mars. I also own I also own the toys known as Mask. Oh yeah, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. the which was the vehicles that like somehow just you know turned into something different or whatever. I always had the bike. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that cartoon. Loved that cartoon. Awesome. Um, somebody gave me a link because I think they're playing on Tubi or something like that. I think there's access to be able to watch that show again. I wouldn't be surprised. I think Tubi uh, has the old episodes. Tubi has a lot of awesome nostalgia stuff. Yeah, they do. People sleep. People do sleep on Tubi because, you know, it's so many streaming networks, but this one's free. And then they happen to have so many classic, um, Defenders of the Earth with, with Flash Gordon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is on air? Yeah. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Original. You know what I didn't realize? You know what I didn't realize about uh, Defenders of the Earth? I never watched the first episode. Really? I never watched the first episode. For those who don't know, like Defenders of the Earth is a show based on Flash Gordon, of which if you're young, you probably don't know who that is. And we're dating ourselves considerably, but <clears throat> I didn't know his girlfriend, Jane, was killed in the first episode. That was a rare. I was like, because he had a son too. Yeah. And I'm like, they killed because this was like what late 80s mid mid to late 80s or something like that so they still cartoons were still not in that level of like making like death scenes were like still rare back then and they killed her like that was how the show started. i'm like yo that's that's the first time I, that was a rare time i ever seen somebody get killed off and on a cartoon transformers the movie and then there was Transformers the movie, and then to some extent GI Joe the movie too. Well, until the very last line of the movie. until the, until they changed it up. <laughs> yeah, but dude, it's I gonna would, be okay. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved the movie, but the five episodes when they introduced Serpentor were still my favorite. Oh, yeah, when Serpentor back, was the when they got the DNA from the world's greatest villains and heroes and blah 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 blah. I lo- the storyline is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a rare storyline for a rare awesome storyline for that time. But let me tell you, this I command is one of my favorite lines to this day. <laughs> this I command and Cobra in his in his battle cry is yes. the best. Cobra. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? <laughs> right. It's like. Yeah, for me, it's always special, and I knew I was going to watch something awesome when the movie mm-hmm. intro came on TV. I just love that yeah. intro. Oh, the, mo- the movie intro the movie was song? so awesome. Oh, oh I, 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 I want to geek out too much because I will sing the whole song again. <laughs> but it was just like, Cobra, yeah. Cobra. And I'm like, you kind of get hyped listening to it. <laughs> it's like the Transformers soundtrack. Yeah, it really was. Like, they did a great job doing that. And it's like, I can literally go to the gym with that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's exactly. People it. think that's I'm exactly. jamming to like Drake or something like that. It's like dun 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 doing bitch pressing. Uh, he that. really jamming over there, Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like, rep in. He's got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be that's a you got the touch by what is it? Rush Stan, or Bush? Stan Bush. Stan Bush. Great treadmill. <laughs> uh because what you think you're running, track. like transforming jumping <laughs> shooting i forget who i've like in the sky oh yo don't get me started tomorrow I'll, tomorrow i'll be on peloton in a minute with, with the whole entire soundtrack uh love it love it yeah but i remember i was what i was seven years old the first time that i watched transformers the movie it was this copy that my brother just randomly found and he rented it and he's like VHS. Yeah, dude. It was, it was. It was. It was. I just remember watching this. I'm like, my jaw dropping. Like, what mm-hmm. happened? Jazz, no. Yeah, let me tell you. That 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 Megatron scene was was like so Godfather. <laughs> that that scene right there. Still to this day, I'll watch that word by word, scene by scene. I will mimic that entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is that. Probably my. my Movies that I would that I know word from word, scene from scene is like that coming to America in The Last Dragon. Like you can't get me on those. Like 
I will say like every single moment, every single piece. I love those movies. Those oh, are some of the right. best. For oh. me, it's Transformers. Uh, Born in East L.A. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah, dude, that's one of my favorite fucking movies. We don't yeah. talk about that. We don't talk about that movie enough. That I have a yeah. Shout out to that movie. <laughs> I love that. It's probably Cheech Marin's best movie. Um, it is. It is legendary. Yeah, it is absolutely legendary. And two other movies that I literally wore out the magnets on: RoboCop mm-hmm. and Terminator. You know, and while we at it. This is one of just out of the blue. DC Cab. Yeah. That is a, like, Mr. T at his best. <laughs> what, Paul Rodriguez, too, is yep. in there, too? Like, let me say, Paul Rodriguez, still, I, there's a lot of great Latino comedians out there. Paul Rodriguez is the greatest of all time, in my opinion. He, I, I would not, he, if he had an HBO special, you wouldn't, you would be seeing me on there. He is awesome. I used to love when he used to go to the, um, like the prisons and do performances there. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody to this day had the balls to do that. Like he always did that and looked out for those dudes. I thought that was pretty cool. Also, my favorite Paul Rodriguez movie, Born in East LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the, the whole go. thing with the page, the whole thing with the with the picture of Christ. <laughs> oh my God. You know that he has 80s a son? were some good fun movies. Paul Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> he's a American skateboarder who won eight medals at the X Games. Get out of here. Yeah. Born in 1984. All right now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Keep that legacy going. Right. All right. <laughs> Let's chat some pro wrestling. Before we chat some dynamite, shall we touch on social media and billionaires on social media? I wish people could see that eye roll. <laughs> like, what, what, where do you, where do, where do, like, really, where do we start? Like, here's the thing: Tony Khan brings up some great points, but it's, it's, he becomes so petty. He becomes so petty, and it's amazing that an intern at the USA Network could make him blow up the way he does. So much so Wait. that the Samoa mm-hmm. Joe promo tonight made zero sense. Right. All right. Here's my thing, and I and you're totally justified in this, but I'm just intrigued. When did the annoyance of you of Tony Khan begin with you? Me? I've never yeah. fully liked him. He's a billionaire. Okay, explain explain this. He's a billionaire. He's no like people always saw Tony Khan. Oh, so you're just like everybody on that that level is a fascist. People no, not necessarily. Here's the thing. People always saw him as this high, righteous, lovable, love oh, he's the best. He's gonna give us a union. He loves us. Blah 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 blah. He owns an NFL team. If you know anything about the treatment of players in the NFL, you would know the type of person. That the cons are, yeah, right. Like, like I'm still I'm waiting for a black owner a of the person. I'm still I'm waiting for a black owner for God's sake. Right, he's not. He's not a bad person. I'm. I, I don't want to say mm-hmm. that, but he's not this high and mighty righteous person that everyone thought that he would be. And I, he, he's not on a. He's not on the ground level. He as he much as he likes to believe it, he is. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's still a billionaire. At the end of the day, his mm-hmm. his, his world is not our world. Right. I no, I, I get what you're saying with that. Um, he tries. Yeah, fool. you gotta give you gotta give him credit for trying. I do. 
I do. I, I honestly. I mean, not, to his credit, not many billionaires would, you know, go to places that he's going to okay, and hang yeah. out with the common folk. Yeah. Like he does. That, I mean, that does say something. Like, again, I, at the ECW arena, never knew that this dude was around under times when I was around. Like he he blended in really well. Like he didn't like there was the EIP section, which I call the extremely important section. That's where Hat Guy and him used to you know yeah. sit at all the time. I don't know if he was in that section. I he just blended in with everybody, and he damn sure didn't have his own like you know you know section where he private section of his own. So the fact that he was able to assimilate into that crowd, I got to give him credit for something. I do on that well, note, but at the same time, your point to your point. I can see where sometimes people of a certain social stratification a lot of times think that they want to be down with other people and think that just because they hang, they hang around one social group or whatever like that, that they automatically a part of that group. Like, you know, he hangs around Haas, you know, Hobbs or something like that. And then all of a sudden he thinks he get the black card. He yeah. thinks he's invited to the cookout <laughs> just by that initial, you know, association. If that ain't Tony true. Khan were to go to a cookout, <laughs> would he bring... Uh, <laughs> pasta salad with raisins. Do you think? Question. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm all thinking. Of, I'm thinking about T'Challa the entire time when you say that. Too. You ever see the uh, the the um, Saturday Night Live episode yeah. when he got T'Challa in uh, in Jeopardy? Yep. yep. Legend. Um, I would have reason to believe he's not that stupid. Yeah. Here's I don't a- think he's that stupid. Look, I appreciate the fact that the guy defends his company. I appreciate the fact that he's passionate about his company and the wrestling business yeah. and what he's done and what he's building and this and that. I'm I do ducked. agree that he's gotten a lot of shit for a lot of the stuff that he does, mm-hmm. but he doesn't help the cause in the case when he goes off on these really random, nuts, weird Twitter rants. I think the idea is that he's he's too big of a name to be dealing with, and I hate to say it that way. But he's the CEO, he really owner. He should not, and I get that he's trying to be a part of the group and enter. It is unfortunate because I see where he wants to do. He wants to, you know, he wants to be the people's people, but he's not one of us. But yeah, you're not not in that position to do that. Not a part of the internet wrestling community anymore. No, I mean to that extent, but he just can't. And nor he he would. I don't think he ever could because of his position. Not to say that he because of his hierarchy that he you know shouldn't be allowed. But you're now in a position where like you would never see Vince McMahon do this. You would never see hell. You don't see the the owners of the NFL. You don't see the owners of the NBA. You don't see none of them. Snack, you know, clapping back at people that don't need to be that don't. It ain't worth clapping back to. For the most part. And if they do, it becomes huge news. Look at the Panthers owner a few weeks ago when he threw the drink, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's stuff like that where you you, you don't, it is a certain code of conduct that you should, that we believe that you should be doing. And I feel like he's he's weakening himself doing that. So I understand what you're talking about in that sense. I do give him credit for being passionate, for defending his people, for defending his company, for defending whatever. But he, there's a time and a place, right? I think sometimes you just don't have to defend. Yeah, sometimes just let your work, <clears throat> let your company, let your shows do all of the talking. How many times have Jay Z ever, you know, clapped back at anybody yeah. for people who even tried to, you know, to throw shade at him? 
for whatever. Publicly? That dude keeps it moving. <laughs> Publicly. Yes. Publicly. He, yeah, he, he exactly. Publicly. He keeps it moving and keeps it going. He handles it his own way. There's a lot of people who don't do what Tony Khan should be doing. Like if you're at a certain point, you don't need to address everybody. Exactly. And I'm not saying that to I'm not saying that to like turn your nose up at people, but some people aren't worth even the you know turning the other cheek to. That's what I mean. The 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 social media account of the network of your competitor. There was no reason to clap back. No. And you, and, and in a lot of ways it does show it, it does you, you do play yourself doing that. Like you you kind of you're supposed to be above all that. And you're supposed to act above all that. Yeah. And I know it's easy for us to say because we get we get you go we get a little bit snapped up every once in a while ourselves, but I, you just you let you let your you let your people handle that. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Let your people handle that. Let your people handle that. And I know a lot of people like that are legitimately being turned off more and more and more and more and more every time he does something like this. So at some especially point, as especially because we want to see him as bigger than we we expect him to be bigger than life. In a lot of ways. And it's just like, you know, we, we grew up understanding that a code of conduct of that position, you don't you don't have time to answer to us. Yep. You don't have time to deal with such pettiness like that. That's what it comes down to. It just it feels very petty. And I know that people are being petty towards him, but dude, just be just be Obi-Wan. Just stand the higher ground. Yeah. Be the yeah, exactly. Agreed. Uh, there was something else wrestling wise that I wanted to talk to you about, but I completely forgot what it was. Oh yeah. How's WWE viewing going? Ah, that so far so good. I mean, I'm not seeing any, I'm not expecting anything like, yeah, I'm back on WWE, but that doesn't mean I'm supposed to like, be excited about watching WWE. No, of course. And, and a lot of ways it's still watching WWE to an extent, but I'm slowly, I mean, what I am walking into is the beginning of something that's in the working process. So I have to give it time to grow, but I'm noticing some really awesome changes and some things that I would never see from the old regime. Oh, there's so, like, there's so much NXT people on now. Ooh, <laughs> like yeah. enough, enough to the point that Malachi Black is looking like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why Andrade is on his, uh, why he canceled <laughs> his GCW dates this weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But no, I mean, there, I, I I love the production. I've always did love the production. I, I was inspired by their production value all the time. Um, I'm no, I'm learning about these a lot of new people, but at the same time, I'm seeing all these NXT people that when I was when I was watching was always denied to be on the main roster. So I'm seeing the Triple H era appear in a bigger format. But yeah. I'm so far so good. What I need to do is watch NXT again because I've been waiting to see what this Axiom dude is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's good. I've heard I've heard many good things about him. I love the whole mask thing because I, I learned about him. He's an NMA. Yeah, character. I learned about him. I, I learned about him from the video game, so from 2K. And I'm like, all right, I gotta really see what this dude is about. I gotta I, I, every time I hear reviews about him, his matches seem to be good. You know, that'll be chicken ass. Watch last night's NXT, the cash mm-hmm. in for the North American title. That guy, uh, Obi Femi, gonna be a star. Gotcha. Also. I need to go on uh, while I still have Peacock. I need to go in and check out, you know, they have the, um, the, they got packages now of like different uh, stories. And the, since the bloodline has been the biggest thing that you guys have been watching, I need to play catch up and start watching that. Yeah. To see how, you know, to lead up for that. So this is a good time for me. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think I don't think I now, oh, here's something that you will probably be upset about. I actually was invited to go to WrestleMania. Nice. <laughs> I might be going and, and box seats, mind you. I might. That is but perfect. I don't think I love WWE enough yet to do that. What if, not, what if what if it's The Rock versus Roman Reigns? I mean that that's that, that's probably going to be dope, and I know CM Punk, whatever he and Cody are going to do, is going to be dope. Hopefully, um, I just got to feel it. I just got to feel it, and I'm not yet feeling it right now. I I need to feel it to be that urge. Like, let me tell you, when I went to go to WrestleMania 15 in '99, I was hyped for that. I was hyped. I was. You have no idea what I went through to get those front row tickets. I can imagine. To that day. I, I lost my know. credit card. I lost my credit card. <laughs> I ain't do no fire festival stuff if that's what you're saying. <laughs> 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 no, but I lost my credit card in the process of that. And I had to call Ticketmaster and all the stuff to I had to go. This is before the internet is as elaborate and, and and you know concise as it is now. I had to make so many phone calls on a regular non-smartphone and <laughs> do so much to make to secure my seats. Before they start realizing that my credit card was missed, it was just, it was a whole thing, but it worked out, but it was worth it because we were right there in front row. My, you know, my friend who I took to go uh, see the WrestleMania, uh, he's in, he's in the rest, he's in that, he's in the footage because nice. Rock and Rock and Austin are fighting on our side nice. <laughs> right near us. And he's over there and everybody's over there as they, they're fighting in our, uh, in our area. And you can see him on there. I'm like, oh, I, I gave, I got my points for him. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but I was I was excited for that. I need to be excited again for what I'm saying now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear I fully understand. Man, you know what I loved about going to WrestleMania back then? Um mm-hmm. especially like it was it was harder to travel, obviously, because you were kids and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But I don't know about how you got your tickets, but I'll never forget the morning of November, whatever it was, going to the Sky Dome box office and waiting in line. For those WrestleMania tickets to go on sale, like there's just something beautifully okay. romantic and nostalgic about waiting in line at the box office for for stuff. No, I did do it by credit card online when I went, but the NWA tickets—that was a whole other thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we had to go to the Civic Center to get those tickets whenever yeah. they whenever they did house shows or town or TV shows. So, like, yes, I was I remember all that. Just being in line, anticipating, hopefully that you could get a good seat, let alone a seat in there. But anyway, we would, you know, by half, by the half of the event, we would go sneak down to the front yeah. rows anyway. <laughs> and I remember for WrestleMania 18, they went on sale in person first, and then they went mm. on sale online and stuff. So my brother oh, wow. and I, yeah, we showed up at like six in the morning. No, fucking mm-hmm. earlier, probably, to be honest, uh, for those <laughs> tickets. But yeah, just there's just something romantic and nostalgic about waiting in line. You know what's funny, though? WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania 15 was the last WrestleMania before they started doing the access conventions. So I, you know, like the, when they first did it at Anaheim and all the stuff, yeah. and we had the WrestleMania Rage Party, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was which was pretty fun. You know, uh, Big Pun was there. Isaac Hayes was performing there as well. It was some classic stuff there, but it was like we had to dress to the nines as if we were going to the uh, to the um, hall of fame or whatever like that it was it was crazy and then dx was there and vince was there and stone cold like it was it was like i need to find a wrestlemania rage party because it was just that was a crazy thing but right right after that they went into started doing access uh those access events yeah those are wait what a time there's a lot of fun i heard 
Yeah. I heard. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now that now, I mean, I'm not here because I got to see Isaac Hayes perform. Uh, my boss <laughs> from South Park. I got to, I got to, I got to see Big Pun perform live before he passed away. So I'm not really hating on it yeah. at all. That's amazing. All right, let's talk about some dynamite. Uh, what did you think of the show? Pretty good, pretty solid. Um, you know, it was a lot of nostalgia with this episode because it was in Daly's place, and you guys remember Daly's place was most not most anonymous for the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, what a time! What a time! And this was kind of you know this this was homecoming, but this was also kind of a Brody Lee special. Yeah, which I really appreciated. Yeah, the two they, the, the two multi people matches ended with both with members from the Dark Order. Right. Right. So. So, which was interesting because like they celebrated his birthday or the passing a while back, but they didn't really do much. But they did. You know, Excalibur did say something for some reason. They, I guess they saved it for this. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I thought the show was OK. I thought the show was kind of like because there's yeah, so much. It time, was it was it was warm because yeah. there was so much time between now and the next pay-per-view. Yes. It was kind of filler, but certain. Uh, well said. It, right. You know, filler is the perfect word for this episode. It wasn't bad. It was, it was, it, it just went. It was uh, transitional, if you will. But I think that we got some good in ring, and we're starting off with the first match: Hangman yeah. Adam Page versus Claudio Castagnoli. This match, I, it, this match was really good. Man, Adam Page when he's motivated and he's ready, he is freaking good. Now, to me. I felt like this was good, but not the best. No, agreed. I felt there were there were parts of it like they. It felt like I don't know if they. Is this the first time they've ever been in a ring together? I want to say yes, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were trying to fill each other out, but haven't gotten a groove yet. And I don't know if it was the daily the dailies play setup because they were trying to do some things and do some spots or whatever like that that you probably can do better at a bigger arena. And they just try to make it work. So they weren't, it felt like they were trying to be careful with each other to an extent. Um, but for the most part, it was still fun. It was still a fun match, but just, I think I've seen better matches from both of them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was what it was. It was a long, it was a pretty long match overall. Um, yeah. Hangman Adam Page wins. They, he gets a tombstone for a two count. Castle only sends him face first into the turnbuckles with a power bomb. Then he follows that up with an uppercut in the corner. And then he unloads on Page while he's there. Page then counters, hits a Hercarana, and two buckshot lariats for the win. That is that. Yeah, pretty solid, pretty solid match from those two. But yeah, I, um, I think the next time they, they uh, meet, we're probably going to see a better match. Yep. All right. Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, Preston Vance, and Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Cage, Gates of Agony, and Lance Archer. I loved Prince Nana and Jake Roberts and their interactions. <laughs> you know, I, again, Nana, we talk about, we talk about Swerve, but we got to talk about Nana. I've watched Nana since the beginning of Ring of Honor, and to see this brother get to where he is now deservingly it is just absolutely freaking fantastic he deserves to be in this spotlight um i never thought that he would be able to be in any type of mainstream wrestling at all still doing being him but even now being better than him. and he's milking it all up the way he should i am so happy for this dude yeah yeah exactly 
Um, Khan slams Copeland. Cassidy hits Khan with an orange punch. Archer takes Cassidy out with a choke slam. Uh, Leona's in, hits a summon drop on Vance. You know, it's all, everyone is just like coming in, doing a move. Cage and Archer argue. Cage, they're on the same team, by the way. Cage and clotheslines <laughs> Archer. Then Copeland with a spear on Cage. Vance gets the pin on Khan for the win. Orange Cassidy, I, Copeland, Preston Vance, and Dustin Rhodes get the win. I often love, you know, Cage. Brian Cage, we don't give him enough credit for how agile and awesome that guy is. Neither does he, Tony Khan. Yeah, exactly. The guy moves like nothing. Like he, you know what, you know what he is? He's the He-Man toy that we always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he is the He-Man toy that we all they, the way they advertised the He-Man toys back in the day. That's what we wanted Brian Cage. <laughs> you know what Brian Cage is? He's Brock Lesnar from the Spy not Brock Lesnar, Eddie Brock from the Spider-Man animated series. Yes. Like this big ass <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> that can move like nobody else's business. Like he yep. I, I don't understand how he could do the things that he does. Like, can you, can you imagine if somebody like him was in the 80s? He would, Hulk Hogan would be so pissed. <laughs> he would find, Hulk Hogan will find a way to get rid of him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, <laughs> 100%. Oh, it'd be you thought you you thought you thought Steamboat and, 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 uh, and Macho Man was bad. Right? Exactly. <laughs> get a load of this dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like Cage. I like Cage a lot. Um, yeah, this match was fine, right? Like, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely it was, it was, fun. It was exactly what it needed to be. All right, Jay White and the yeah. Guns are backstage. They tease Cole and the and 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 uh, the Undisputed Kingdom, and they say they want some gold. Billy Gunn and the Acclaim show up. Bowen says they would be unstoppable if they held all the gold together. Caster then says the people's there, the people's choice, and then says that the people are liking the Bullet Club too. Bowen then says that they should be the Bang Bang Scissor Gang super team, <laughs> and then White says he'll think about it. I think we got a new faction coming. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this? I feel... Maybe this is just like attitude era wrestling in me, but mm -hmm. I kind of feel like um, they're going to keep teasing this and then the Bullet Club Gold are just going to turn on them. Oh, with I mean, it's, it's inevitable, but I want to see if they actually do it to a point that they actually start teaming up or they make them wear the actual or they wear new shirts or whatever like that yeah. as a cross promotion. And then, I mean, look, look what happened with Adam Cole. What, um, with uh, MJF and Adam Cole, just exactly. said, they're going to sell a few T-shirts out of this. <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. Yeah. AEW World Champion Samoa Joe comes out. He has his new belt. He says they are making changes to the championship challenging protocols. <sighs> he says people don't yeah. have to complain on social media, so contenders have to bring their record to the championship committee, and then Joe is waiting. This was fine. Up until I love that part because that was back at that was old school AEW. And then Swerve Strickland comes out. Awesome. <laughs> and he reminds us that he had what he had with Hangman Page wasn't personal, but he just wanted his spot and he took it. Then Strickland says he wants the title and he's gonna take it. Fantastic. This should have ended right here because this is where <laughs> everything that Joe just said 
mm-hmm. goes to shit. And I like how yeah. Hangman Page tries to hide the fact that he's on a losing streak and barely wrestling when he says he had a successful <laughs> 2023 because he beat Moxley in a Texas death match. But then he says he wasn't focused on the title. And he says that in 2024, he will. Swerve leaves. Page gets in Joe's face and tells him he w- will take the world title. Then Hook comes out. <laughs> Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Hook comes out. To his credit, has a winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> right? As noted online. <laughs> right? He gets in Joe's face, talks to him, and then he says, next week, then walks out. So you're telling me that in the five minutes after this, he went to the championship committee, put in the papers, and got the match accepted. Like, this, this is what bothers me about literally everything that Joe just said. And you know Joe just said this because this was a jab at Jinder Mahal getting a title shot on Raw next week. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened here <sighs> is that for a few minutes when Joe come out, we were, we were reminded that we were watching AEW. Yep. And then we were mistakenly watching WWE. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to that extent, because the whole rollout just came in and it just contradicted everything. Like you said, um, I don't know what's going on. Like one of the things that we did give Tony credit for was logical and sensical booking. But this was and now petty. it's become this was pettiness. Yeah, it's become somewhat nonsensical in a, in a lot of ways. Um, there's been a lot of that lately, and it's just not it's not what we are have been accustomed to for the last four years. And now we go, now it's just, I don't, I don't know. You gotta, you kind of wonder, you kind of wonder what QT is thinking right now. (laughs) This is why I left. All right. So we go from that to my favorite part of the entire show, which I'm just going to play the entire promo. Guys, I'm here with the AEW Women's Champion, Tony Storm. Tony, I would love to get your reaction to everything that went down last week. Uh, yes, Miss Storm, did you watch my match? Darling, I was sent a screener, and then I didn't see a single other frame. How did it go? Did you do an arm drag? That's fantastic. I was actually referring to AEW's newest signee. Wendy Richter. <laughs> No, <laughs> talking about Diana Perrazzo, she made a shocking debut and actually said that she was coming for your title. And she kicked me in the face. Darling, have a chocolate. Hmm, Diana Perrazzo, Diana Perrazzo. Now that does sound familiar, and it certainly sounds Italian. Oh, all these women coming after my title, I feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Luther, set me up a meeting with this Donna Palazzo. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Until then, chin up, tits out, line. Watch for the shoe. Darling, that is my part, and now you've ruined the moment. (laughs) Oh, that was just... It just never fails. It... You know what's so you know what's so great about it because she made it seem so natural and genuine. Like we know it's absurd what she's doing, but she's so invested into this role that you really think that she is like this is her. And she continues. <laughs> it is br- the bit with the whole Wendy Richter stuff. Wendy Richter stuff from the Wendy the Richter thing. I like, cried. <laughs> and you know what? Even more again. We need to give Renee 
Paquette so much credit for being able to play off of not only just her, but everybody she works with. She, I mean, it's incredible how her and her and uh, Timeless just play off each other. Yep. Her reaction, her facial reactions, especially when she throws the shoe and everything. And it's just, it's like, this is a war winning stuff to me. <laughs> this, it, it, I, I can't understand. And, and just to hear Taz in the back, you can hear him laughing because yep. he's enjoying this. 2023 was the year of Rhea Ripley. 2024 yeah. will be the year of Timeless Tony Storm. I absolutely agree. Like she, oh man, I, it's just what an incredible turnaround. I I can't understand. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> we say this all the time. Like, yeah, give credit to RJ City for giving coming up with the idea, but you got to execute this thing and make it work. Like, you know how many how many times have Vince McMahon has given gimmicks to people and they they wasn't feeling it and they didn't play it. off it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God! Yes. I don't know why that exactly. came to mind. Well, no said. I mean, I would have said the Red Rooster, but yeah, you go. <laughs> that was a big one. That was a that was a major big. I remember that whole entire situation too. It just they just couldn't play it. They just, it wasn't feeling it. She rolls with this. I mean, embodied. It's almost like just like the old actors do when they feel like a ghost is taking over their their spirit, like their um their their vessels. And just takes over. Like it's it's an incredible thing. Honestly, it's the whole package. Mariah May eating the chocolate oh. as like her facial expressions to yeah. that to it. <laughs> and Luther. Dude. Oh I can't stress this enough. So the, the combination is just gold. This is so good. And you know what's even funny? She's not I don't even think she's doing lines. No, God no. I, this seems so bullet point. <laughs> this is amazing. I love this so much. All right. Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara. Oh, another really great match. I like the fact that both of them were like they're they're Daily's place legends yeah. in a lot of ways. That's kind of I what mean, this dynamite felt like. It kind of felt like an homage, like a thank you, like hey, like a homecoming. Well, they to, did call it homecoming, so yeah, that kind of makes sense to, to that. The pandemic uh era. It does hold a a, a it does hold a really deep candle. To what I mean, man, you, Eddie. I'm surprised Eddie Kingston wasn't there. Yeah, that's my that is my biggest gripe about tonight is that if Rampage all, right now, right? Like, are you still doing Daily's Place on Rampage? Yeah, they're filming. Are it you right now. okay? Okay, then that then that's okay because between, Ricky Stark and, and 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 Eddie Kingston are like literally the highlights of that era. They wouldn't have been signed if it wasn't for that era. No, they they were both tryouts and. They both knocked it out the park, and look where they're at now. Yep. <laughs> no. yep. Starks with a powerbomb for a two-count. Kavara goes for the GTH, but Starks counters, kicks him, then does a cradle pin. I guess Kavara does a kick, then cradles him yeah. for the two-count, for the three-count. You know you know what? I got to yeah. fix my notes. Uh, <laughs> Sammy Kavara wins. After the match, Sammy Kavara and Starks shake hands. Big Bill attacks Kavara from behind. And then we hear this. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. It wasn't this that we heard. <laughs> you might as well. You might as well. God, can you imagine? <laughs> oh. Oh, you, man, you, you're taking me back. I know, right? Can I, can I express 
you don't know a good crowd pop. I, people talk about the people actually talk about the Road Warriors pop a lot. Maybe because of quantity. But I would question the quality of the pop of the gangsters. Because when you're in that ECW arena and it's the 90s and you're raging out, pissed off about what's going on in your world and you go into this place and you hear that and you vicariously live through these two dudes who are just wrecking havoc at people and you're hearing this nonstop. Oh, the 90s was so awesome. <laughs> With all the energy. The few times I was lucky enough to see him live. It was just special. It was just special. I remember it was deafening in in, in, in ECW arena now the 2300 arena it was deafening in there because we were just like it was just you would get a headache afterwards because you're just screaming and raging out so much listen looking at these guys just go crazy but and 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 homage to that we got to see that tonight <laughs> for very different reasons my friend you know a small part of me small okay I wasn't gonna tell you but a very small part of me was going to play this for the entire episode. <laughs> as, as we're talking, I'm going to start throwing stuff around, so I don't know if you want to keep talking. Right? It's like 11 o'clock p.m. in the U- in, in Philadelphia in the U.S. here, so I don't, know. No. <laughs> I don't need no cops call coming over here. <laughs> You're in Philadelphia. You're fine. <laughs> you don't understand. This podcast life, son. <laughs> cops like, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, please come down. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, this song was so. Oh, this song. But man, yeah. Uh, talk about why you played this. <laughs> so the reason why I played this song is because osmosis. As you, yeah, as New Jack would come out, the song wouldn't stop. Very similar to Judas. And today it was very interesting. So Chris Jericho comes in, makes the save, and I literally have this in my notes. This is literally what I'm writing. <laughs> At slamwrestling.net, Guevara and Stark shake hands, but Big Bill attacks Guevara from behind. Chris Jericho makes the save as his music continues to play as if he's New Jack. Pretty much. And I texted, I texted Boris immediately during that time. I'm looking at this, and as a person who, you know, watched the gangsters growing up like him, I immediately knew what was going on here. Immediately. We all know what's going on with Jericho. I got three messages aside from you of people saying <laughs> they're hiding the crowd booze with Judas yes. continuously playing. We don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of what was going on here. It is exactly and great. You know what? To their credit, great strategy because it worked. Yeah. It 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 it, uh, it it muffled everything. You actually did hear cheers. Yeah. And I think it worked because with, without the controversy, people still love that song. And they love that song enough to go through with it and, and just like forgot. We're like, what do we hate him for again? Yeah. <laughs> FDRD love. All right. Got to do it again before we move on. Wait, it was, it was. Yeah. It's just Dude, I'm being horse right now. This. You just wanted to like shank people. I'm telling you, in the 90s, this was the worst song. This and, and, and anything Onyx created was the worst song to ever play if you pissed off at somebody. <laughs> True D. Like, this is like DEFCON level. You don't want to play this because you're ready You're ready to just go at somebody hard. <laughs> like, don't be mad at your boss. 
which was kind of the big theme of the 90s. It was like everybody's pissed off at their boss because their boss was crap. <laughs> and then Stone Cold showed up. And also Limp Biscuit. And the, yeah. <laughs> Here's a fun fact about Limp Biscuit I didn't know. Limp Biscuit was the final group to ever record something at the World Trade Center. Um, in oh, wow. 2001, and it was the Rolling song. In 2001, they wow, won a, yeah, they won a VMA for Rolling, mm-hmm. recorded at the World Trade Center. And on September 10th, 2001, the World Trade Center sent Limp Bizkit plaque saying, "Thank you for recording at the World Trade Center." No, on the same year. Yep, the night before. Holy crap! Or the day before, September 10th. World Trade Center sends Limp Bizkit plaques and thank yous for filming there. Oh, they, yeah, Limp Bizkit needs to do a documentary. That You know how great that, that will that, be? Se- right? On top of that, do you know how much money those plaques would be? Just <laughs> yeah. be based on the significance of that? Yep. Woo! I yep. thought the, I thought the fun fact you were going to say was Fred Durst marry some hot chick. I was no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, this is the random stuff I read when I can't sleep. All right, we're going to move <laughs> on. Uh, Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, and Anna J versus Sky Blue, Julia Hart, Soraya, and Ruby Soho with our girl Harley Cameron. Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yum. <laughs> you know what it's this isn't gonna get five stars on the Meltzer scale but it was a fun match and it told some good stories. it was a match and yeah it, exactly it was a, like i i've i would have thought of well uh way worse but no it was a really fun match it was a great tribute to uh brody again um <clears throat> yeah they did the thing yeah, they did. The and it was it was like everybody in the ring was solid too. So I mean, like they all everyone, they all knew what they were doing, and everyone got a chance and opportunity to do something. And it heart gets in Anna Jay's face. The two trade strikes. Blue is in. Jay kicks her, locks in the Queen Slayer, and gets the win. Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, and Anna Jay get the dubs. I will say this: Yes, the women's divisions it does need a little bit more heightening, and I think they're in a process of working on that. But with that said. Sky Blue, Julia Hart, got to give them credit. They are pushing younger talent. And these two have been, they just keep improving more and more every single time. And they're on a pedestal right now. It's just, it's awesome. I'm really glad to see that they're able to get, you know, because these are two um, wrestlers that were on Dark just a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one one of the stupidest things I ever hear people online say that Tony Khan argues with is that they don't, elevate young talent that's bs we've seen it many a times that they do that and they still do it i don't think they realize how young these people are yeah it really i really don't uh are you talking about the people online or the actual wrestlers the wrestlers i would also say the people online like here's the thing here's the thing half the people and this is this goes for everybody listening half the people that you're probably arguing with online the ones that are hiding behind pictures on their profile pages and accounts are no doubt, most likely a young kid. So think about that for a second. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you start calling them kid and they don't fight you back on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Uh, Wheeler Utah calls out Eddie Kingston and challenges him to a match. 
Roderick Strong with the Undisputed Kingdom versus Brian Keith. Brian Keith again looks awesome. You know, he reminds yeah. I mean, he, he reminds me of like of a of a taller Jonathan Gresham. Yes, thank you for. I knew he looked like somebody that I've seen before. Yeah, he does look like Jonathan Gresham with a quick draw McGraw, uh, yeah. you know, theme to it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I had this conversation with. Uh, another wrestling fan, I'm a, a friend I know. And we were just talking about him in a sense of his, of his gimmick, because in this modern day, especially when we got hangman page, who's supposed to be the millennial cowboy to some extent, we got him who's dressed like an old school bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even see people in country music dressed like him anymore. And he, but the cool thing is he, it's, it it's a, it's, it's a, it's a design. It works. He, that's his fashion. I just, he hasn't gotten on a mic yet. I do not want him to turn this into a cartoony thing. I'd rather him be good in the ring, show his ring stuff. If he, once he gets on the mic, I want him to take, be taken seriously. Yep. Because that will, that will do it for me. If he, if he doesn't try to, if they don't try to, and I don't expect to, uh, Tony Khan to book him that way, but if this was WWE, he, he would be totally like a, a like an eighties or seventies, uh, you know, Western dude, like in this day and age, which is like totally ridiculous. He'd be Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, yeah, the black, and it, yeah, and it, it, yeah, it, in it, but in the, uh, in, in the two thousands, yeah, you know, in the two thousand, in the twenty twenties, it's like no, this just don't work. But if he's if he's that's his fashion, and he's rocking with his fashion, but he takes himself seriously as a competitor, I'm all for it. Yeah, Keith with a jawbreaker for a two count strong hits him with a huge punch to the face, and he hits the. Uh, end of heartache for the win. Roderick Strong wins. Uh, the entire Undisputed Kingdom come into the ring. Adam Cole has a mic. Cole says they don't care about getting respect. He then declares Strong for the international title. He then says Taven and Bennett don't get the respect they deserve. Cole then turns his attention towards Wardlow, and he says that when the time is right, they will win the AEW title. Cole tells the fans I don't, to say hello to their new kingdom and to get comfortable because they're going to be there for a long time. Oh, might I say also, he was also wrestling dark as well. And now he's on the main roster of things. And he it's just a matter of time before they start elevating him for real, too. Like, mm-hmm. he's another Orange Cassidy dude. He probably is. It's going to take time, but he I see him doing it, too. Roger Strong. I love him because I hate him right now because of that damn porn mustache as he's growing. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love that so much. I'm like, he is he is a he is a quintessential hill right now. <laughs> he really is. Doing his thing. But I'm I'm, I'm liking the kingdom right now, uh down this kingdom. Yep, so I like I'm, how they're let's see how this goes with this story. Yeah. They're not rushing. Like they're taking as much time as it does to heal that league. Yeah. <laughs> Diana Perazzo is with is with Renee Paquette. Perazzo says she is still on cloud nine after her debut last week and has her eyes set on Storm. Perazzo then says she will be debuting on Saturday's collision. Red Velvet interrupts and challenges her to a match for this weekend. Yeah, I, 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 you know, talk about somebody who came back from an injury and actually I think she's better than she went last. I'm looking forward to this match, actually. Same. Red Velvet. Red Velvet. If you have been paying attention to her lately, she's been really good in the ring. I she's mean, like, been she's, she's been going for a while. Then she comes up, yeah, and ROA. she came back, and all of a sudden, oh, that's what she, that's what's been going on. Yeah, 
okay, whatever she's doing in ROH has been working because I haven't watched ROH, but she's like coming back and I am so impressed with her, her, her like it's awesome. It's very her, fast paced. She doesn't hold back. There's no pillow fighting going on. She's really doing her thing. Yeah, her and Kier Hogan have been uh, doing some work together in ROH. Oh, dude. Like, well, Kier Hogan is a great person to do. Like, she's awesome, too. Yeah, I like. I think Kier Hogan has been mistreated to the yes. degree in uh, yeah. AEW so far. I think she's so talented. She's so good. She's awesome. She's And she's not bad of a talker, too. Right. Agreed. All right. Tornado tag team match staying in Darby Allen with Ric Flair with his Kanosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs with Don Callis. Um, this match was what it was, really, until Thank you. <laughs> I thought Allen broke his back jumping from the stage seats to Brian K- or to uh, Hobbs and no Takeshita. He fell on Takeshita, mm-hmm. but I think he missed Takeshita completely, dude. I don't know. I think Takeshita caught him. Are you talking about from up to up in the yeah. bleachers? Yeah. No, nah, he caught him. Did he? Yeah, go back and watch. He caught him. All right. He caught him. He broke his fall. He broke. He definitely broke his fall. A little he didn't, bit. It didn't, it, it didn't impact, but it, he caught, he he got his arm. Yeah. <laughs> but then that man is, it's Darby Allen is insane. Sting slams. Look, no, through. both of them. They, they both are like two different dynamics. You know, assimilated, paralleling into one. He's he's a reckless youth. He's a crazy old man, and they both want to die. <laughs> That's what I come like. Do they even want to make it <laughs> to revolution? Okay. Or what um, is the pay per view that, that he? What is his last pay per view? Uh, revolution. Is it revolution? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Sting Sting with Hobbs also was like, what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you say reckless youth, I just think of the wrestler. The wrestler reckless youth. It is hard. To, it is hard to not, you know, it's hard to say that without mentioning the original. But yeah, I mean, he kind of took that title. He kind of took that moniker now because Darby's not old at all. He's 31. No. You know how old he, reckless he, youth is? Yeah, he's in his for, like uh, late 40s now. 49. Yeah. No, I, I know because I used to watch him when he used to wrestle in uh, Philly for like the local uh, indie spots. Crazy. When he's he, but he was awesome. Reckless oh, Youth was. was so awesome. And, 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 and again, here's another thing: you guys look up Reckless Youth. He's the underdog of innovators of certain moves that people are mimicking today. Like he's one of the, he's like the Billy Kidmans. <laughs> oh, Billy Kidman was awesome. Billy Kidman still has the best uh, shooting star press, bar none. Yeah, by far, <laughs> by far. There's, it, it was, it is just nothing but finesse. Mm-hmm. And he did it so flawless, like not he did it flawlessly, but he said effortlessly. Well, here's the thing too. Not only that, it felt like he was walking on air before he hit you, because yep. he 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 would take a step all, off the rope and then flip, and it just it was so fluid and flowed so well. And then it was it, it was it was ballet. And then there was someone like Juventud Guerrero who would like literally like, <laughs> knee people in the head as he did a shooting star press or Brock Lesnar who almost killed himself doing a shooting star. press, Which is so sad. It is so, so sad because we've seen match, him. In over- and that match yeah. almost freaking ruined or that match was almost ruined because of that. If not for the fact that he was able to get back up and, you know, under concuss, you know, circumstances and still be able to finish that match, which is crazy, mind you. 
It is great. But also, we we saw him do this move many times at OVW. It's yeah. just crazy that of all times. The one time that it mattered. Really <laughs> mattered. <laughs> exactly. Sting slams Hobbs through a table with a scorpion death drop. Um, and then pins him for the win. Sting and Darby Allen win. Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and he asks Sting and Allen and Flair who the final opponent is going to be. And we see the return of the not so young Bucks. How about that? They they look like two two actors from Three's Company right now. <laughs> they really do look like, like they're I- like out of seventy sitcoms. It really looked like John Ritter and his and his friend from from the show. Like honestly, I didn't hear their music. I heard "Come on, knock on my door." <laughs> <laughs> that should like honestly, that should be the theme music now. That's gonna be the theme music be awesome. of this episode. I love how people. <laughs> it's funny because like I just thought of this last week. Like you'll hear the theme song and say, "What? Why is this here?" <laughs> and then you'll understand why much later. Exactly. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> that was can you believe that was a provocative show? Well, <laughs> think of it, man. It was a guy pretending to be gay so that he could live in an apartment. Where he could bang two chicks. Or more. Or more. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't ever understand what was Mr. Furley's reason for like why why are you cop locking this dude? Like why are you like I don't was understand what was your point? He, like he wasn't related to any of them, right? No, he had nothing to do with him, but the role of the light was like y'all couldn't bang. That's a that that I think this is a deeper thing there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I never understood that. That's oh. a Tony Khan booking. <laughs> oh my god. So there you go. That's dynamite. Young Bucks are back. It looks to be it could be Young Bucks versus Darby Allen and Sting. How do you feel about that? I like it because if they're going to be hills, who better to lose to with a winning streak uh, that they are talking about with these two than to the Young Bucks? I mean, like, what better way to hate them even more is for them taking that win. L? Getting a win, win on the or, or, yeah. oh my god! And you know they'll embrace it. They'll embrace it. This is this is Brock Lesnar like beating the Undertaker <laughs> type of situation. Not to that extent. Not to that. Never to that level. But it's it's like. You don't want to see the you don't want to see Sting and Darby lose on the way out. They could possibly or they can make it seem like they're going to possibly lose. And, you know, it'll be a big pop if they beat them. But then the Bucks come back after taking a break and get the, uh, an L. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, no, I don't see that happening. But they've lost before when people kept saying that they don't lose. So, I mean, we never know. I just want to know that their head is on straight with everything that went on and like they're ready to they're ready to go. Yep. So there you go. Young Bucks are back. Sting and Darby Allen look to have an opponent as we head to Revolution. Uh Which is yeah. February, right? Uh March. Early March. Oh, it's in March. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was late February for some reason. First Sunday of March. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, like you said, pretty good show, transitional, uh, you know, filler. You know, you got to have one of those every once in a while, but it was still fun to watch. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Look, I was still paying nah. attention, and I was, like, doing 10 things at once, right? <laughs> right. So. And, and by the way, can we say the, the, the title belt budget of AEW is insane? 
every single time a new champion is, is awarded, they have a brand new design belt for each. Did you see Samoa Joe's belt? It looks that the same. Looks beautiful. But the side, but you see the side plates are yeah. actually, and I'm pointing to my to my here, replica, here, by the replica. way. <laughs> but they, the side plates actually have Samoa Joe's name on it. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Who is who is who is the designer of these belts right now? It's not big. It's not um, big villain or anybody. Like somebody's getting paid majorly. Big time. Big time. And I want to be it. <laughs> I know, right? Can you imagine that? Just designing belts for. Yes, I can. I've, I've designed belts. Like I can do this. There you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> all right, man. Tell everyone where they can find all of your geek work. If you're into all things anime, comics, movies, and games, check out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It is my podcast that caters to all of your favorite fandoms. I have audio episodes weekly, including this Friday when I have my Select Star video game podcast, as well as the Prime Show, which is always on a Sunday or a Monday. And we talk about all of the latest news of the week, and sometimes a guest from of your favorite industry appears on this show. And I'm so looking forward to seeing who's going to come this year as well. You can find all of that on TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes, our video exclusives is there. I have some new content up on a blog page right now that you can check out. Some uh, stuff from you know this year's, uh, last year's New York Comic Con and Fan Expo and all that stuff like that. And just a lot of great things on there. And you can check it all out on TalkTimeLive.com as well as wherever you listen to podcasts. Beauty. That's a beautiful thing. So wherever you get this podcast, search for Talk Time Live. Um, yeah, man, it's great times. Again, as Dax, as always, thank you so much for being on the show. We have so much to still get through here on Sunday night's main event. Uh, we have, so we have a interview, George, of MLW Rewind. He actually had a interview uh that's going to be coming out in the next couple days, and it's going to be with Chris Sabin, uh, the X Division champion from TNA mm. Wrestling. Uh, we're gonna, th I think, love those belts, by the way. Yeah, the belts are really nice looking. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna have a hard to kill TNA hard to kill uh, preview show that Eric is gonna be just, uh, sending out. We have the Smack Daddies. We have this show, obviously. Uh, we have the Collision Catch-Up, which will probably cover Rampage and Battle of the Belt. Then on Sunday, we have the Flagship Show, which this week we're actually going to be one of the segments is going to bring back a classic Agnew segment. So you're going to have to listen to see which one. Good times as always, Dax. Always appreciate you coming on. Thank you to everyone for tolerating us for as long as you do, because uh, you know we we ramble and then we eventually talk about some AEW. In terms of the name of this show, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna you and I are gonna discuss this a little bit, uh, but we'll we'll kind of come up with some favorites because there were some good ones. There were some ones that there were some good ones. We're so, we're so ridiculous, I want to use just for the sake of using them. <laughs> but uh, there's one that I really, really liked um, that I think might win. But we'll see. Um, yeah. Thank you much for listening. And as always, stay tranquilo.